Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss Alice in Chains. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. Okay, so I'm fortunate enough to have Paul back here with us. Nice to be back. And, you know, Paul and I get together every once in a while, so we're going to talk about Alice in Chains today. Love me some Alice in Chains. Just an incredible band. Right around the time that they came out, I don't know if you remember, back in the early 90s, they went on a tour, I think it was with um, Slayer, called the Clash of the Titans tour. They were like this, you know, grunge metal band opening for these classic thrash metal bands. And of all of the grungy type of, of metal metal bands that came out, they were more readily accepted into the thrash metal scene than most of the other grunge bands were. And I don't know if it was just um, that, like their sound, because they weren't thrashy at all. I don't know if it was just their heavy sound or those, those weird-ass harmonies. Well, one thing was they definitely had some Black Sabbath roots in there. Right. And so that always helps. <laughs> The other thing is that they started out as like a hair metal band, just like Pantera. Right, yeah, which is hard and to believe. It's unbelievable <laughs> to think about that. It's hard to even count Alice in Chains as a grunge band, other than the time frame, the location, and some of the muddier aspects of what they did. Well, the difference between grunge and metal is the up pick. Okay. Hmm. Okay, that's good. I like hearing that stuff from me. So tell me about that. Okay. Metal is that jun 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 sound. That's all down picking sound. The difference between grunge and metal is in grunge you have that more flowy kind of a strummy sound that you get with the up pick. They were kind of halfway in between that. Whereas like Soundgarden, they were a little more down pick jun 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 kind of metal in the beginning and then got grungier. Alice in Chains, they were like right in the middle. The thing about Alice in Chains was those vocal harmonies were so distinctive and interesting. I, I can't really think of another band who employed it that way before. The other thing is they sort of had two lead singers. Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell. Jerry Cantrell, that's right. He has the ability to put these just weird-ass harmonies. For Jerry Cantrell to do those harmonies over that, he's a hell of a singer in his own right.
They formed in like 87, and they were definitely more metal than the other grunge bands. But they're sort of in that big four or five of grunge. You know, you got your Pearl Jam, your Nirvana, Soundgarden, of course, and Alice in Chains. Some people put Mudhoney in there, mostly because they led the way. Mudhoney was more of a precursor. And was it people also put uh, Stone Temple Pilots? They obviously were riding the coattails of Pearl Jam. Right, right. And and I really like Stone Temple Pilots. I, I didn't have a problem yeah. with them at all. So you had the harmonized vocals between Lane Staley, the lead singer, and Jerry Cantrell. And then Lane Staley, after he died, was replaced by William Duvall. And they continued that, and not as natural, I guess, I would say. Well, I like the newer Alice in Chains stuff. I I, I do too. I I like it. I don't love it like I did with the Lane Staley stuff. And and that's because Lane Staley had, there was a certain originality to to what he did. And the new singer, he's... He's trying to keep up the brand rather than... Well, he, he probably has to. Uh, as much as he probably is told that he's, you know, like a, a full share member of the band, he is the replacement for Lane Staley. Well, he didn't do like Sammy Hagar or a Brian Johnston or something, you know, where they came in and they were able to do both 100% successfully. But I like him a lot. I think he's a good entertainer too. He does a good job on stage. And you know what I think the missing thing is? Heroin. I bet you're right. Because that was a huge part of their sound. Heroin was almost a fifth instrument in that band. And when you listen to them, my god, it drips of decadence and filth. Listen to Down in a Hole.
Next to maybe some of the more creepier stuff from Elliot Smith, that song is probably one of the quintessential heroin songs. What about Junkhead? That's the one where he says... Last night, a new friend turned me on to an old favorite, and then he says, What's my drug of choice? Well, what have you got? What's my drug of choice? Well, what have you got? I don't go broke, and I do it a lot. Yes. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, I know exactly what song you're talking about. That's a great song. Basically, at the end of it, it's sort of like he's justifying the heroin thing. Like he's saying, I don't go broke, and I do it a lot. If you opened your mind, you'd be doing like me. And I mean, it sounds like a pro-heroin song. You can't understand a user's mind, but try with your books and of the songs on the album scare the shit out of you.
albums. But yeah, I mean, they were a huge band. They sold like 20 million records around the world, even despite themselves, because they had this major period where they were like plagued by inactivity because of Lane Staley's drug use. And so they had so many opportunities to be even bigger. Like a lot of lead singers, Lane Staley was a drummer originally. And that's the same same Chris Cornell and Steven Tyler, same sort of thing. And the other guys in the band wanted Lane to be the lead singer, and he was kind of shy about it, but they liked his look, and they liked what he did do, so they intentionally auditioned a bunch of bad lead singers to frustrate him to where he finally stepped up to the mic. The first album was produced by Dave Jurd, and that's Facelift. And you said you were on from the get-go, so you love that album, Man in a Box. Yes. listening to that type of music, that's the song that turned you on to Alice in Chains. Well, the thing for me was, I wasn't even listening to a lot of metal during that time because it was towards the end of hair metal. And that video and that sound right from the beginning, I'm the man in the box, I'm the dog that gets beat, rub my nose and shit on MTV. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a trip and that was a long ways away from Cinderella. And we've talked about this before. I mean, music needed to change. The younger people now, they don't they don't understand like the big the seismic shift that happened then. But if you were into music and then like the whole Nirvana Pearl Jam, you know, the big four of grunge when they came out, you bought into it completely or at least I did.
I don't know anybody who didn't, you know. I, I had been introduced to Metallica by my friend Tim. He had played me Ride the Lightning, and that was a revelation. And then along comes Guns N' Roses, and then even Jane's Addiction, the grunge thing, just leveled everything else. Right. And it was fantastic. It, it really wasn't. I mean, now you, you see a lot of a lot of younger people now. It's become trendy to like shit on Nirvana and shit on Alice yeah, in Chains and all that stuff. Uh, the Beatles, even. Yeah, it's it's become trendy trendy to shit on anything that that influences. If you were around during that time and you were paying attention during that time, you were affected by a band like Alice in Chains. I'm gonna drop in "We Die Young" right here. that of course was dirt we've talked a little bit about that but what a mindfuck album that is one of the heaviest dirtiest albums i've ever heard and when i heard it i was frankly surprised because what surprised me was that they had these metal tendencies that the other bands and grunge were really trying to stay away from like the dual guitar thing where they would do the guitar harmonies every once in a while the confidence, like the power behind it, these guys were just full on in your fucking face. You look at some of these songs, I mean, Them Bones, great song. Them uh, Bones, how about the chorus of, uh, what, what's the chorus? <laughs> <laughs> That is a badass record. And let me great song. Rooster. Love Rooster. Rooster, you know the story, I assume. No, what's the story of Rooster? Jerry Cantrell's dad was in Vietnam, and apparently his dad had red hair and they called him Rooster. And so the song was basically the story of what Rooster had to do during Vietnam. So it's it's almost like war movie song. Helicopters and bombs going off and I think of that movie Platoon. He's talking about the mosquitoes, and he doesn't know how he keeps surviving this. Walking down the gun, man. They spit on me in my homeland. Glorious, send me pictures of my. Help me make it through 
lot of times I'm listening to the music and the vocal melody and everything. It's weird, but I don't always listen to the lyrics. Sometimes it seems so obvious to me, having listened to the lyrics, what the song's about or whatever, and I just forget not everybody else obsesses the same way I do about right. the shit. <laughs> you know? But yeah, if you go back and listen to songs, it is straight up a Vietnam song. Wood, W-O-U-L-D, question mark. Yes was actually had something to do with Andrew Wood from uh, Mother Love Bone. That's right. was in the singles movie or the singles album at least one of the coolest songs ever and angry chair yeah Videos for these things are intense as shit as well. Yeah, Dirt is probably my favorite Alice in Chains record. It's just unparalleled. And when you talk about heavy metal records, and there's such a rich history of awesome heavy metal records, to have something kind of new came out after all the hair metal bullshit that stood alongside some of the greatest metal albums of all time was really awesome. It wasn't until Sap came out that I realized these guys, they have a lot of depth as well. They had these songs that they didn't think would fit the concept of what they were going to do for a new album, and so they put it out as an EP, and it's fantastic. It, it has Chris Cornell singing on it, it has Mark Arm from Mudhoney singing on it, and it has Ann Wilson. Ann Wilson sings co-lead on Brother. Box at home, yellow wing and green with bones so black and barely see your face. Wonder how that color tastes.
Oh, wow. I'm going to have to listen to that. And Hart was friends with a lot of those guys. Right. Well, well, they were all from the same area. And they all had a lot of respect for Hart. Hart was a badass band. I love Hart, and I want to <laughs> do a show on him. So we'll get to that, but... I just saw something recently with... Was was it Jerry Cantrell and uh, and Ann Wilson? What were they singing? Or what... Oh, it was in the. It was the last um... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, you know why I can't watch the last Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> See, I didn't want to say anything about it because I'll be talking to Kelly and I'll be like, "Yeah, Paul's going to come over to a podcast." She'd be like, "Don't talk about Bon Jovi." <laughs> <laughs> for, for for those of you who are listening who who don't know the inside joke, I might as well tell you. My first concert when I was 14 years old was Bon Jovi. I saw Bon Jovi play at Brendan Byrne Arena in New Jersey. And if you go back and listen to maybe our first half dozen shows, I needle you about it pretty much every show. Uh, pretty much, yeah. I found this Bon Jovi song. You're not going to fucking let it go, Art. No, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You're just not going to let it go. That was one of the the time frames where they had some inactivity due to heroin abuse. They ended up firing their original bass player, Mike Starr. And I don't know if you'd seen this, but Mike Starr was also on one of those celebrity rehab shows. He didn't make it. And then they got Mike Inez from Ozzy's band. Mike was a rock star. Still is. I mean, he, he looks like a rock star. He had the look. He had all that kind of shit. And they put out Jar of Flies. That was the first EP to ever go to number one. No excuses. Great song.
Every song on there is excellent. I stay away.
I Stay Away is perfect example of the, the type of songwriting they did at their best, which is where you had the melody and then you got into the real chaotic darkness of it. And have, have you ever seen the video? It's a claymation video with all of the guys and they go to a circus and these flies basically cause many of the circus performers to die. <laughs> like it distracts the guy on the tightrope, he falls off. It distracts the lion tamer, he gets eaten by the lion. It was a real upbeat kind of thing. Yeah, you know, well, they were a very upbeat kind of band. Yeah, and they had those figurines in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. That's awesome. It's pretty cool, but you should look up that video. I'm going to. It's pretty neat. Yeah. So this is when they seemed like they were breaking up. You didn't know what was going on with them. Lane goes into Mad Season. season it was such a good outlet for what he was trying to do and i would say the song is river of deceit yes that is the song from that that song might be my favorite lane staley song it's just beautiful song that whole album is really good and you know that was made with some guys from screaming trees and pearl jam in the more recent years they would play some shows and chris cornell would do the vocals and that's pretty phenomenal so i'll have to drop in some of that Jerry Cantrell does his first solo album, Boggy Depot. It's as good as current Alice in Chains, and it sounds a lot like Alice in Chains. The single off it was called I Cut You In. Uh, He says something like, I cut you in, you part-time friend. I call you up Never I'm stoned with you to skin Choke on the bones you wonder when I'll go Like there's a lot of jabs directly at Lane Staley on the record. They really had a falling out and they kind of had to scrape together what they could to try to create the tripod album. Hey. You had time to think it out, yeah. Hey, your week will all help her heal her heart. Hey, I bet it really eats you up. Ah. 
if you don't know about the Tripod album, listeners, that is the yellow Allison Chains album cover with the dog with three legs on it. And I think that's making quite a statement right there. The yeah. band on three legs. The hit single off of this was Heaven Beside You. Do what you want to do Go out and seek your truth When I'm down and blue Rather be me than you Like the coldest winter chill This album is so dense. There's a lot of good songs. There's not really bad songs. That album was produced by Toby Wright. Did you see them on MTV Unplugged? I want to say yes. I I think I, I remember it. I'm not remembering what the standout was. And that is one of the best unplugged that there was. I mean, it's up there with the Nirvana one. So Lane Staley's final performance was July 3rd, 1996 in Kansas City, Missouri. And after the show, they found him unresponsive because he had overdosed on heroin. Lane became a recluse and he would rarely leave his Seattle condo, um, especially after his, his fiance died. His appearance got to be terrible. I've seen pictures and video, and it's really disturbing. If you want to turn somebody off of drugs, show them that stuff. He had lost teeth. His skin was really almost yellow. He was really emaciated. He looked like an old man. Yeah, that happens to people when they get really, really deep into that addiction. He had tried rehab 13 times. Mike Starr, he said on Celebrity Rehab, he was the last person seen laying alive. I don't know if you heard the Pearl Jam song, which is really an Eddie Vedder solo song called 42002, and it's for Lane. (laughs) 
just like him Fuckers It won't offend him Just me Because he's dead Then Jerry put out an album called Degradation Trip, and it actually came out that same year. That album is fantastic. The solo album, that could have been an Alice in Chains record. Probably sounds more like Alice in Chains than the current Alice in Chains does. Alabama trailer park, they call home. Boy standing at attention in the corner is on. So a few years went by and you didn't really hear much. Apparently Jerry had his own troubles, but in 2009 he, you know, had the new band, which was basically the old band but with William Duvall replacing Lane Staley, and they put out Black Gives Way to Blue. And the title track has Elton John playing piano on it because Elton John was Lane Staley's favorite artist of all time. I don't wanna feel Awesome song off there is called Check My Brain. I listened to it a few times to see if anything would, would grab me. It was good, and it sounded like Alice in Chains, but to me it sounded like a singer that was trying very hard to sound like Lane Staley. What do you think about the newer album? came out 2013, The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here. I don't believe I've listened to that at all. Is it really good? There are moments of greatness that I really like. I'd say the title track is the best song. The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here.
there's so much shit put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Alice in Chains is not in there. It's absurd. I know. I agree with you 100%. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has gotten very political. Produced by Donnie Shattuck. When you have a problem with heroin, does it automatically make you think about death because you're playing with your life a lot? Or? Yeah, I suppose that comes with the territory. You're flirting with, with death, and yeah, that's probably what's most attractive about it at first is the danger, you know. But I beat it, I beat death. <laughs>